Welcome to the University of Victoria's Nonfiction Podcast. I'm David Leach, a professor of creative nonfiction in the Department of Writing. And I'm Deborah Campbell. I'm also a professor of, non of creative nonfiction in the department. And uh, David and I are both uh, authors and magazine writers. Um, I am very excited today to ask David about one of what I think is one of the most challenging parts of writing long nonfiction. Uh, definitely the one where I find I break my head, which is structure. But we don't talk about it enough because, well, uh, we often talk about things like voice or tone, because as readers, that's often what really strikes us. Or we might talk about content. What is a, what is a book or an article about? Um, what is in it that we find fascinating? But structure is this sort of mysterious... Um, the ligature, the, the way something is put together, the order of things, uh, whether it's chronological, often it's not chronological, um, the way that we unroll a story. And I find that this for me is the most challenging. And I, I have a theory actually, and David, I'm gonna run this one past you because um, I love to divide the world into two kinds of people. And I, I sort of think there are two kinds of writers and one is, the uh, the one that I'm really jealous of, which is the the engineer that uh, thinks about structure ahead of time. They're often great outliners. Sometimes they have these whiteboards in front of them in which they break everything down. I always see them as the, 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 the ones with the maps or the plans that know where they're going. And then there are writers like me and I, I, can, I see myself as more a driving in the dark with the headlights on and can maybe see in the fog, can maybe see, you know, 10 feet in in front of me, um, I usually don't have a structure. I'll, I'll talk about my process ahead of time, but I find a structure is is the the bugbear of the whole process. So, David, I think you are an engineer. Am, am I right? You are absolutely right. Absolutely uh, busted. Uh, just the image of driving in the dark with the headlights on fills me with panic. I've got to have like the Google Maps out there and another map on my lap and know exactly uh, where I'm going before I feel comfortable uh, driving through a, a narrative. And I don't know if it's it's kind of partly my uh, training background. I, I actually uh, originally applied to do, uh, university uh, to do an engineering program. I was always interested in the sciences and did the sciences uh, for two years, including one year while I was switching over to creative writing. And I can remember one of my favorite classes was uh, I think the biology or microbiology class in which we had like a little playset of, of molecules with the, the, the different atoms and, and how you could join them together and kind of physically kind of build uh, the structure of, of uh, different molecules. Molecules, uh, and that uh, tends to be how I think about stories uh, as well. I'm not really kind of comfortable uh, even beginning a first uh, a draft uh, until I have a basic sense of the structure uh, for a short story, for a feature article, or definitely uh, for um, a novel, uh, or rather a nonfiction manuscript uh, alive in my head that I can be 
basically uh, map it out. And, and usually I physically mapped it out uh, as well. So yeah, there's the bulletin board. Uh, I'm a big believer in, in post-it notes as well to kind of jot down little sections or sub-themes and, and look for connections there because it's easy to kind of uh, uh, move those around. Uh, in terms of writing software, I was an early adopter of Scrivener. I don't know if you use Scrivener, but it's a manuscript manu um, management software that actually lets you kind of create uh, bullet bo uh, bulletin boards of your chapters and, and sections and and uh, easily move uh, things around. So I, I I struggle a lot more, not so much style, but but getting that kind of content uh, down. But but I I, I find I have kind of an, an X-ray vision to see that internal structure that ultimately I think a good story tries to hide away. And again, that might be kind of working as an editor too, where I would often see as a magazine editor, really good writers uh, fall down at the level of structure, hand in drafts that were just kind of loose and baggy and had a ton of good material, but it, it, it didn't hold together. And they were often trying to make that jump from writing a 900 word article to a 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 word article that demanded an attention to uh, structure, uh, to hold it together, to create a rhythm between the, the sections. So nothing gets me uh, as excited about writing as talking about structure, uh, thinking about structure, uh, mentoring students around structure and, and revising structure. But uh, I, I can talk forever uh, about uh, structure. Uh, why, why do you think you're so, oh, um, I don't know, resistant to it maybe is the wrong word or, or what is the challenge? Uh, with, mystified. With mystified. Mis mystified, yes. Um, well, I, I, when I approach a, a long piece of writing and you're, you're, very, you're very correct to note that the, the tough thing is say moving from a short piece of writing to a longer piece of writing. Because I think with a short piece of writing, we automatically hold the structure in our head. Yes. We can have a sense of where to start, where it's going. It's all, all there. Um, we, we don't need to have an external brain, which is that outline where we, we move it around before we try and put it on the page. But I, I find I often write because of uh, certain images or quotes that have a, a kind of frisson or, 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 um, energy to them that I don't know why they're they're important to me but I know they're important and so I tend to write when I'm writing a long piece of work say a 5,000 word article or a, a book to write as what I think of as a jigsaw puzzle style so I will make my pieces of the jigsaw puzzle before I put it together um, I will write those scenes that feel like they have a heat or an energy to them. And then I will try and figure out what they mean, what the meaning is in them. And then once I've figured that out, I can see how they would link to others that are moving into something larger. Sometimes I have a sense of, uh, I think it's more through experience than anything else of knowing that I want, for example, to begin with something that will put down a few of the pieces that I think are the essentials, like telling us um, a little bit about 
what this story is going to be about, perhaps by introducing a character or a moment that is symbolic or representative of what's going to come next, something like a little hook. I have a sense of where to begin, um, but I often don't know how the whole thing's going to come together. And, and at the end, uh, it's one of those jigsaw puzzles where, you st where you've got a bunch of pieces at the end that you don't use. So uh, not a very scientific jigsaw puzzle, I must say. And I, I certainly know that I feel sometimes like I waste a lot of time, which is why I envy the engineers. But maybe you can give me a sense of what, when you're talking about structure, what are some of the things that you are thinking about early in that process as as you you know uh work on your on your bulletin board or on your post-it notes i mean i i will i will say that i often um before i start writing something i will look over all my pre-writing notes i will um highlight or put in bold all the quotes that i think are fantastic I might start jotting down a few notes on important scenes. I might uh, almost do a shadow outline, but then I throw it away and I, it's almost like cramming for an exam. I read, I read it all over and I think about it and think about it and then I put it aside and then I just go into another zone and start, and start writing, which is a very un, very unengineering like way to approach things. So how do you approach things? I want to learn more about how to do this. I think it seems like it would save me a lot of time and, you know, brain power. Well, I don't know about that. I think one has to kind of go with the creative process that, that works best uh, for you. And I think it, it may differ for, for me from project to, uh, to pr uh, project. Uh, but again, I think part, partly it's it's uh, my kind of training background that I did, even though I can started with a, a writing degree, both of my degrees are in English literature, so a kind of an intense training in the the analysis of of stories. And I was especially interested in what was called narratology, the that kind of almost scientific study of stories that would kind of break uh, them in in uh, in. Part. So really kind of thinking uh, in terms of units of meaning at a macro level. And what I mean by that, at the sentence level, you've got the units of meaning of, of the words or the clauses and then sentence that build up into kind of paragraphs and then, uh, and then, then paragraphs being put together. But at that macro level, well, in a book, you've got a series of chapters. And I'm, I'm sure we're kind of quite similar in, in sort of imagining a book. And I want it to have 12 chapters. And uh, how are these chapters going to fit? together and what will be the narrative through line uh, to that uh, and I'll spend kind of months if not years thinking about that before even putting together a book proposal on doing some of uh, the, the research around that but even within a chapter which is often a feature length or longer thinking about sections as units of meaning within sort of a longer uh, narrative so what are those sections how are they operating it if one is that that kind of lead that attention grabber well then how do you move into the next one and and thinking about um formulas and breaking out of formulas a, a lot of the work i've done is travel writing 
Um, but I'm a self-hating, or not self-hating, a, 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 a travel writer who hates most travel writing because it's so formulaic that it falls into this kind of natural, uh, often this natural or unnatural um, structure of, oh, and I arrived at a place and then this happened, da, 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 da. and there's, there's usually a better way or a way that kind of throws a reader off guard uh, that can defamiliarizes uh, familiar uh, familiar structures. And again, that uh, perhaps goes back to my uh, education in English literature. I was especially interested in modernist literature, people like James Joyce and Virginia Woolf and these these authors that really played around with language, but also uh, the structure and, and broke from the conventional structures. So I'll often uh, uh, play around, at least at, at early stages, with artificial structures. We talked about the uh, uh, boxing article. So the, the, the first feature article I ever wrote, well, I did uh, a lot of research. I don't think I had a plan at the time uh, for what it would look like. And I realized, oh, I had all of this material. How am I going to put it together? Who will I focus on? And rather than making choices uh, around uh, the content, I made a choice around the structure and said, well, it's, a, it's about boxing. Let's do it as 12 rounds. And each yeah. round would be a separate section. And each section could kind of focus on either a different person, almost like a mini Snap, uh, snapshot or a different sub theme so it would operate more at the level of, of kind of poetic stanzas and and how different sections played off e against each other was Im important so the, the notion of juxtaposition uh, within uh, a, a structure became important and I've, I've played um, uh, more of my feature articles in the book played around with those artificial structures and I love teaching them as well so Brendan Miller's work around the braided essay or the hermit crab essay taking these kind of artificial uh, uh, structures in imposing them uh, as a constraint on nonfiction uh, to see what ha happens. And sometimes you just kind of pull that away. Sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, but playing around with structure uh, like that, uh, I find very, very interesting just at, at the level of experimenting with it. Mm. Yes. But how, David? How? I mean... <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how I'm kind of teaching, uh, teaching to it as well. Uh, one of um, uh, one of my most successful graduate students, uh, Jenny uh, Kingsley, uh, came to her program, her MFA program, uh, with this book idea about this epic uh, canoe uh, canoe journey. The she took up through uh, Nunavut, up through the Canadian uh, North, but she had all of these kind of ideas and, and threads to it that she wanted to include both her personal journey, relationships with friends, uh, kind of a background to the, the history, the cultural and ecological history, the impact of kind of mining development. There was this also sub-thread about uh, a group of, of uh, I think, school-aged uh, travelers who had gotten into trouble up there so all of these different uh, elements that could have been a single story on their own and she would just uh, and I see it all of the time with master's students they just get bogged down at the level of structure and that's where they kind of go into this uh, kind of deep uh, despair almost mm. and I always um, coach students to visualize structure uh, take out your drawing skills uh, remove almost the, the words from the equation and and uh, think about it in terms of these sections and how 
they interrelate. And she got this huge uh, sheet of craft paper, brown paper that would stretch across um, the length of a room and longer and with just kind of colored marker began uh, like a, a river because this was a river journey kind of mapping out these different threads and where they intersected uh, and where they might intersect to kind of break away I think from the tyranny of chronology which I think is the great threat for any nonfiction writer. You're writing about reality we're so used to be being, kind of thinking about things in relation to time and okay this happened and then this happened and then this happened well, that's not necessarily the best order of events for um, dramatic purposes or to engage a reader. So thinking about how you can break from, from that uh, strict chronology and then integrate the different pieces. So it, again, I guess it is like a puzzle, um, but instead it's, it's kind of starting with these narrative threads, breaking them apart, and then seeing where they might kind of fit together in more interesting ways. But yeah, Jenny did this all mapped it out uh, and then had this, this sort of eureka moment and saw how it could fit together and it, it became a book that, that won a National Outdoor Book Award in the, in the States when it was finished. So it seems like she did some of her structural work after she had done some of her writing. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I typically now do it a, a bit before. So I might have like a bulletin board that looks like one of those, I don't know, conspiracy theory images where there's kind of thread <laughs> being drawn from one thing to the next. But because I can't hold it all in my head, uh, even at the level of a feature article, I want to be able to kind of glance up and kind of look at how, how these sections might connect and how I might easily move one to the other. Lee Goodkin actually talked a little bit about um, how he kind of takes like a highlighter and just kind of highlights at, at a pretty simple level what's a scene and what's a summary. These these two uh, types of, of uh, units of meaning within nonfiction to make sure he kind of creates some sort of rhythm between that as well so it's not all one form of narration or writing that there is kind of this rhythm and I think that's what structure can do at the same way that syntax does at the level of the sentence. It creates a, a narrative rhythm, almost like a kind of backbeat that, that propels a reader through and that if it isn't there, things can feel a little bit let in and dull as though you're just kind of uh, going through the motions of uh, describing this happened then and then this happened and this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find I do quite a bit of my structural work after I've started this, uh, the, the writing process. Um, not always. Sometimes, as I said, I will, um, if it's heavily researched, uh, I will read through all my research notes and really pull out the things that feel like just as I said, a scene might have some heat in my mind, the, the quotes that have heat or feel essential and move them into one place and sort of stare at them for a few days. Uh, almost, as I said, like cramming for the exam. And then, then, then I will tr sometimes try and order them. Index cards have worked for me where I will write down the, the, the key quotes or the key moments and then start shuffling them around and wait until I see if there, there might be an order for them. But then I, what I always find I do is I just put it aside and start at a certain point. But that, that early cramming of, of trying to uh, 
awaken myself to the, the most important possibilities. It, it, it seems to be how I how I do my structure. I wish I was I wish I was more of the the whiteboard post-it note kind of person, but I find it tends to happen for me later down the line once I've got some something on paper because I don't necessarily know what the meaning is in something. Um, until until I have uh, a few of those puzzle pieces made already. Yeah, and I think that's the risk of doing of thinking about structure too early is you you kind of impose this structure on material that's just emerging, um, whether it's kind of memory or, or research as well. And if it becomes to you when thinking about structure, you always have to be kind of flexible to listen to the, the demands of, of the story itself and where it uh, wants to go. So I think the only important thing is to actually think about structure and to revise around uh, structure and, and uh, to be aware of how structure creates a meaning that, that it is kind of the, this vessel for the story and the, the medium is the, the message in that sense. So, I mean, your th process makes uh, perfect sense because you are kind of at a certain point recognizing that you have to think about structure and the danger is the writer who doesn't think about structure, who just uh, gets the content down and says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fine tune things here. I'm going to cut some stuff. I'm going to add some stuff. I'm going to tweak my sentences, but not willing to take the risk of making major changes at the level of structure and I think sometimes word processing programs uh, encourage that reluctance uh, even though you'd think it would be easier to revise because you can save multiple drafts and make uh, major changes uh, and if they don't work out you can always go back uh, but until you're doing things either with post-it notes or index cards or even even like um, here authors uh, old school authors your, your type manuscript where you could just cut it up and move uh, pieces around on the floor so it's all mapped out there and you can have that um, eagle's eye view of of a chapter or a story you're not really willing to to make those big changes if you're just scrolling up and down uh, uh, across what you can see on the screen. I have definitely uh, printed out and cut up a manuscript and into pieces and moved it around on the floor, standing over top of it, um, which I think it sounds like Scrivener could do in a much more, you know, high tech way <laughs> than this low tech thing. But some, sometimes just having all those pages cut up into into pieces just allows you to move them without um, and being able to see that whole thing rather than than one sentence follow the other on a screen um, and seem kind of inevitable. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I, I do think structure is power. I think structure is the most neglected and the most important part of a successful piece of writing. Um, because as you say, it's, it's often invisible. Um, I know when I was writing A Disappearance in Damascus, if you read my first draft, which was something like, 200,000 words um, and the final book is 80,000. Um, the, the structure it was a mess, absolutely a mess. And I remember um, even when I was well into, you know, several drafts down, um, when I submitted it to my, my editor, um, she was a very, a very good editor because she didn't say, oh, this isn't working. This is all over the place. She said, hmm. And, um, and 
then she would ask some really pointed questions. And one of, well, one of the questions that I asked her was about this one part of the book, which is where I had gone to, the book is about um, my friendship with an Iraqi woman in Syria who was a refugee. And I, I asked her about this one point in time where I had gone to the border of Iraq and Syria to watch the refugees coming over the border and to talk to them. And I said, I'm not sure this really belongs in the book. I, I mean, I feel like it's got some energy, but I don't know if it belongs here. And she said, you know, that's the first time I really understood the context of what was going on. And when she said that, I knew that was the beginning of my book. This, this piece, this puzzle piece that I had thought about throwing away was actually the beginning of the book. So I needed an editor to say, this is where I got it. Because one of the things you want to do with a piece of writing is situate the reader and explain to them in a nutshell, uh, what's going on and why am I here? Uh, answer that question for them. And, and so I ended up using that as my first chapter, something I thought about throwing away, which is really the value of having someone else look at your work, I think. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great example. And I, I think, well, structure is uh, so important, especially with beginnings and uh, endings. How do you get in and how do you get out, as well as sustaining that uh, interest. And it is always so helpful to have that other set of uh, eyes to it that I'm never kind of comfortable with uh, my writing or a structure until I'm absolutely certain, yes, it has to begin right here. I've finally found it. And typically, uh, it isn't the place that you thought you would begin at. But yeah, I, I, I always value editors, but uh, I, uh, I I tend to have thought about structure so much that I don't get a lot of feedback that way. It's always about, you got to cut more of this. You got to cut more of this. You <laughs> make these kind of changes here. It's it's my kind of verbosity and my, my unwillingness to kill my darlings uh, as it were but but uh, that is something I guess we can save for a discussion on on style and and you can help me uh, with uh, with that I don't know if that's the uh, the, the surgeon at work uh, how to how to kind of uh, best kind of repair style but, uh, I, I'm great at cutting I must say it's, I'm a very good I'm very good at cutting um, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do because it, it proves a piece of work without it having to write anything. Win-win, so, <laughs> <laughs> as, as it were. Um, well, my theory then, to, to elaborate, my theory on structure is that those of us who are intuitives, as I consider myself to be, should try to adopt some of the engineering techniques we should try because I have found that trying to do so as much as I always fail to, to come up with a structure before I start writing that mere X exercise of trying is a useful one. Um, I think that those of us who are intuitives should try to adopt some of the engineering techniques doesn't doesn't matter if it works or not. And those of us who are engineers should try at a, at a certain point to adopt some of the intuitive or be willing to let some of that, that free flowing writing come in that creative uh, intuitive side come in. And so I essentially, those two those two kinds of writers can maybe learn from each other.
I completely agree. Yeah, and ultimately, a, a piece of writing uh, isn't a machine that you, that you even if you kind of conceive it, uh, blueprint it ahead of time like that um, in that way, which I kind of do. You, you've got to allow the kind of living, breathing flesh of that story to kind of uh, take over and and reshape it and and grow in organic new ways. So yeah, I am happy to to meet you in in that. Uh, middle ground of the intuitive engineer. Excellent, excellent. I think we've got a good a good uh, team going forward then. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you again, uh, Deborah, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Excellent.